Welcome to This Week in California Education, brought to you by EdSource Radio. I'm Lewis Friedberg, Executive Director of EdSource. John Fensterwald is at the California School Boards Association Conference in San Diego this week, and he'll be joining us later in the program. Before we get to John, we thought we would focus this week on online education, and particularly online education at the California Community Colleges. Governor Brown last spring asked the California Community Colleges to develop an entire community college that would be dedicated to online learning. The proposal generated a good deal of interest and controversy. This week was the deadline for the community colleges to send their proposal to the governor, and we have online Eloy Oakley, the chancellor of the California Community Colleges, to talk about where things stand on the governor's proposal. Chancellor, welcome to This Week in California Education. What is the purpose of this new online college that Governor Brown has proposed? First of all, it's a pleasure to be with you and, and thank you and to you and the entire team at EdSource for all the great work that you do. In terms of this particular initiative, as you suggested, the governor has been very interested in online education uh, for almost his entire term as governor this time around. And the community colleges have stepped up in many ways and uh, tried to answer his call for more online content. We have in the California Community Colleges the Online Education Initiative, um, which is creating a course exchange for your traditional courses, general education courses, courses that lead to a certificate associate's degree and the transfer. And so that will continue and we will continue to uh, expand that effort. Why the governor has asked for a separate proposal is because he uh, would like to see something that is fully um, technology enabled um, that reaches a population we are currently not reaching. I'm intrigued about what population you, you feel you're not serving adequately at this point. We have a population of Californians that have become very vulnerable uh, post-recession. These are individuals who may have gone to college at some point, got some college education, but never completed a credential, or in some cases have been working and have no college. So if you think about, let's just take one, one slice of that demographic, say a 50-plus-year-old a um, you know, working-age male who has no college or some college and has been working for about 20, uh, 30 years and is stuck. We're, we, we call these individuals stranded workers. They are stuck because stranded workers. So these are individuals that number somewhere between two and a half to four million in California that are currently not accessing our colleges. It's a huge number. And what we've also seen in recent years is they become targets of uh, predatory institutions, for-profit institutions, that take advantage of their struggles, that take advantage of their desperation, offer them um, uh, courses and education uh, that they promise high wages for on the other end, but all they do is straddle them with high debt. So this is the population that we're targeting. This is a population of Californians that need us, but this is also a population of Californians that has a hard time getting to our brick and mortar colleges uh, in the time that we need them to and to spend 
the time in our traditional academic calendar that um, they would need to to complete a credential. I have to say that it would seem like these older workers and don't want to put any stereotypes out there, but these would be the ones who may be the least adept at, at the new technologies and online learning. That's certainly uh, an issue that came up in the working group. But as we look at the experience of uh, other more established um, online institutions like Arizona State University, Western Governors University, Southern New Hampshire, others, there has been a lot of work done to do a much better job of reaching these uh, working age adults uh, and giving them access to uh, higher education and the kind of support services that they need. There's uh, new approaches such as competency-based education that allows students to progress at the pace that they need to and allows them to master work um, as they go along. And so uh, we feel that both the, the pedagogy, the technology, and the opportunity is there to better serve these adult workers. And then, you know, there's the issue of, um, you know, access to um, in, uh, internet uh, access, access to a device, whether laptop or mobile device. Um, these are certainly things that we have to factor in. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is uh, we're going to look at industry sector partners, employers that we can partner with so that we can provide the learning space uh, and the, the tools and equipment that these individuals need to be able to brush up on those skills. Now, I know that the faculty, the academic senate of the community colleges, had uh, some concerns about this. Um, and what Did you share those concerns or just briefly as to, as to what was... What was the main concern there? Certainly, whether it be our faculty organizations or any of the other constituent groups, they serve our system very well and they bring to the table concerns that they have about uh, the direction we're going, whether this investment in their minds would make sense, and whether they think we're serving the right population in a way that they think would be successful. And, and we certainly acknowledge and appreciate all those concerns, criticisms, as well as advice that they give us and consultation that they provide. Some of those include concerns like why don't we just extend the investment in the online education initiative to be able to serve this population? Why don't uh, we create more support for local colleges to build their capacity to reach this population? And then there's concerns about the actual efficacy of online education for the kinds of populations that we're serving, similar to the concerns you brought up. These are all issues that were on the table and that uh, are legitimate questions and concerns. We feel that uh, there are answers to those and that we feel that there is experience and research available throughout the country to help answer some of those concerns. But those are uh, legitimate concerns and we certainly appreciate the perspective that they've brought to the table. Now, uh, I gather you've sent your report to the governor. The deadline was this week, uh, November 30th. And there were a number of options that were raised before. One of them was to use an existing campus to deliver these online courses. Another one was for have one campus host a group of colleges to do this. I believe another one was to have a new whole new community college district under your uh, in the chancellor's office. And I gather you added a, a fourth option that you sent to the governor. Yes, after further consultation with the working group that helped uh, inform this uh, 
these recommendations, um, it was suggested that, that we have a recommendation that, that essentially creates uh, an option for continuing what we're doing now, sort of a status quo option, which is continue to um, make this a priority from the chancellor's office, but through investment and support of the 114 colleges, allow them to develop um, other options or local options that best suit their needs. So that's now the fourth option. I have to say, reading the letter that the governor sent to you last May, it did seem pretty clear he had the idea for a, for a separate college of some kind. Well, that is certainly um, pretty clear in his letter. Um, he was very direct in his request, and we want to make sure that we have, um, as one of our options, one that clearly addresses what he asked for in the letter, but we also want to make sure and inform him of other potential options that our faculty or our staff felt that were legitimate options that they feel could address his concerns. So what's the next step? Uh, you're going to be meeting with the governor in person on this? Yes, uh, we have a meeting that's going to be uh, coming up uh, middle part of next week and uh, we'll sit down with the governor and his team and have a discussion about the options and see what his questions are and see if he uh, is interested in pursuing one of these options or he certainly may and, and has the right to pursue a completely different option. So we'll wait and see what his preferences are and then uh, be in a position to respond uh, thereafter. That was Eloy Oakley, the Chancellor of the California Community Colleges. As Chancellor Oakley mentioned, Governor Brown has been aggressively pushing online education in the state as well as at the community colleges for several years. Our producer, Sarah Tan, talked with Jory Hadsell, who is the executive director of the Online Education Initiative of the California Community Colleges. He tells us that 700,000 community college students are taking at least one course online. That's one in three of all California community college students. That seems like a remarkable number. Some people might worry that online courses don't engage students as much as those who are taking courses in a traditional classroom, but Jory Hadsall says that for some students, the opposite is the case. What we see in our online classes that come from across our system is we see richer participation in many cases from students because it's hard to hide in the back of a classroom and, and let all the other students answer questions. You know, With a structured format of an online course, students really are prompted to engage from the very beginning. And I think one of the hallmarks of the community colleges and the way we do online education in our system is that instructors really um, really engage students in terms of, of having regular and effective contact, which basically means students don't sign up for an online course and not hear from anybody for, for a long time. It's, it's quite the opposite. Our, our online courses are really rigorous and often result in students getting to know each other better than they would if they were sitting in desks uh, in the same classroom. We asked Hetzel what kinds of courses are offered. In terms of the courses that are offered now, um, they really span the curriculum. A lot of our colleges offer fully online degree programs, so that would be everything from you know business or computer science to things like sociology or history or um, even some communication and some science courses. So they really are built locally to reflect the needs of the community, but what we're trying to help these colleges do is 
expand access to those courses to areas in the state where you may have a student that wants access to a particular course or a particular degree, but hasn't been able to get it because of their zip code. Jory Hadsall also said that there's a difference between the students who are currently taking courses at the California Community Colleges online and those who will be served by the proposed online-only community college. The conversation is really centered around uh, a new population of students and and really helping students who need to upskill and and basically move up on the socioeconomic ladder. Well, we'll be following this issue pretty closely, uh, in fact, over the next few weeks, because as uh, Chancellor Oakley mentioned, the governor will be making a proposal of some kind or is expected to make a proposal of some kind in his January budget. More immediately, this coming week, California will finally be releasing the California School Dashboard, which has been under development for, boy, a couple of years now, and which will show how schools are doing on a number of measures, and not only tests. This is a major development in how schools will be evaluated in the state. The dashboard is also intended to identify schools that are in need of support to improve. John Fensterwald was at the California School Boards Association meetings in San Diego this week, as I mentioned earlier, and he talked with Josh Daniels from the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence. That is a key agency that is designated to provide support for California schools who are trying to improve. John asked Josh how this support system will actually work. The conversation is between the district and their county. That is really the starting partnership. And from there, they can go really in any direction that they choose to go. They could go to another school district for support, another county for support, the CCEE for support. There is no restriction in the law about what that support could look like. So it could be many dozens of districts that are identified for support. Seems like a daunting challenge to handle this right off. I think it certainly will be a challenge whenever you're talking about a state of 6.2 million people and a thousand school districts and 1,200 charter schools, but we believe in the philosophy underlying local control and the ability of this to really be transformative in the lives of our students. In the past, I think districts are used to having someone come in and say, this is your program and do it starting now and over the next year. You just put it in a whole different time context that in the next six or 12 months, you're going to learn something. You're not saying you're going to necessarily fix something. Correct. We have been working with a number of our pilot districts now for some as long as 18 months. And while we certainly see the way in which the district has been approaching their work to have changed, the data is a lagging indicator of student success. And so we think there's a lot of ways to look at how the work is improving and making an impact. But because this is so new, because you have districts that span from LA Unified, which is the second largest in the country, to a district uh, that I just visited up in Trinity County, uh, Burnt Ranch, with 86 students, the idea that a single system in its first year is going to be successful in supporting every single school district in California, I think um, just doesn't reflect our ability to do that. And so we expect to get better every year, but I don't think at the end of the first year we'll say we figured it out, we're, we're done. That was our own John Fenstewald talking with Josh Daniels from the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence. At this point, the dashboard is supposed to be released this Thursday. So look for these colorful charts when they come out later this week to see how schools in your community 
are doing. That just about wraps it up for this week in California education. If you like what you hear, please help others find us by giving us a review on iTunes. I'm Lewis Friedberg. Our producer is Sarah Tan. Thanks for listening and see you next week. <laughs>